I want to preach a message to you just real short. It's Wednesday night uh, called Generosity FOMO. Generosity FOMO. Fear of missing out on generosity. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never even had that thought before. I'm afraid of missing out on the opportunity to be generous. I'm more afraid of missing out on the opportunity to make some money. Come on, put amen in the comments. I'm trying to get paid once the pandemic lifts. Somebody that's their heart and I get it. We'll meet you right where you are at. But what I'm suggesting tonight is that we should never have a fear that God wouldn't provide, but a fear that we would miss out on generosity. In the second Corinthians eight, there was this group of believers that had this generosity FOMO and it's inspired me this week, encouraged me this week as I've read through it and I believe it'll encourage you as well. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1, this is Paul the writer talking and he goes, we want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. We've been in this series called The Grace Project and here Paul is telling one church about another church who's encountered the grace of God. He says, I want you to know about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, I mean, when you got to start, when you say you had a bad day, you had a bad day. Anybody had a bad day? Anybody had a bad week? Anybody, this is a bad season? When you start describing your season, as a severe test of affliction is bad. You ever ask somebody how they were doing? How you doing? Oh, I'm in a severe test of affliction. I'm like, shoot, do I need to pray for you? But Paul is saying, no, this wasn't just a bad day. This wasn't just a bad week. This was a severe test of affliction. And it says this in verse two, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Wait a minute. I got to read this again. This is just crazy. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. What kind of recipe for generosity is that? I want you to catch the recipe, the ingredients, you will, that equated to generosity. I'm going to read the ingredients. Paul said this, the grace of God plus severe test of affliction plus abundance of joy plus extreme poverty equaled extreme generosity. If you asked me right now a question, hey, Pastor Julian, I got a question. You know, I want to be more generous. Tell me how can I actually make 2020 the most generous year of my life? You know, you might think the ingredients to that recipe of this most being the most generous year of your life would be more money, maybe more desire, being more aware of the needs. But their recipe, their formula for extreme generosity was this. The grace of God plus severe tests of affliction plus abundance joy plus extreme poverty equaled extreme generosity. I really, really have been moved by this because the reality is, is once the grace of God hit the believer, 
It didn't matter what came next. It would always result in generosity. Here's what I'm saying. Once the grace of God was the very first ingredient in the believer's life, even though hard times came, even though bad news came, even though a tough season came, it always resulted in generosity. So what starts with grace will always end in generosity. I'm going to say that again because it is fire. I said what starts with grace will always end in generosity. How you start is how you finish. That's why it's so dangerous in our giving to start with, well, I know I should give something or to start with fear or Pastor Julian said we need to do. This. Here's the offering. I got to give something. You got to be careful. Your formula always starts with grace because you will always be generous if everything you do begins with the grace of God has been revealed to me. Jesus, you've been so gracious. How can I not be generous if every day starts with understanding grace? I think that we think in order to be generous, we need a different formula. But no, 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 we don't need a different formula. Our hard times, our, our perceived lack, which lack is often perception, all of that stuff can be in the ingredients as long as the very first ingredient is the grace of God. It will always end with the last ingredient being extreme generosity. Here's what I notice sometimes the formula can be for our generosity, if I'm being honest. It's not the grace of God plus severe affliction plus abundance of joy plus extreme poverty equals extreme generosity. You know what some of our formula is or has to be before we give? It is abundance plus comfort plus pressure from a pastor plus fear of God being mad if I don't plus my mama made me tithe my birthday money plus a tear-inducing promotional video of poor children equals generosity. And I realize I've been using this formula, uh, like unbeknownst, I love that word, unbeknownst to myself, I've been using this formula. I've actually been telling people, hey, we understand if you can and you don't have it, if you got it, can you? So I'm giving you the formula of abundance plus comfort and pressure from a pastor. And then when we don't give, it's like, oh man, I don't know if God will bless you. Make sure you tithe. If you want your finances to be blessed, make sure you tithe. And, and that's not what we're really saying. It's like it's inducing fear that God's going to be mad at you if you don't give. And some of us, we're not giving from a heart of generosity. Your mom just made you tithe your birthday money and that's all you've ever done. And if that doesn't work, let's get a couple crying children who are in need and put it on the screen. Turn your attention to the screen. Maybe they'll give then right before the offering. And God is like, hey. That might get people to give what I want them to give, but that won't get people to give how I want them to give. With a heart filled with faith. Oh my God, I am preaching. I got to keep going because this is supposed to be the short service. Paul said, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. We got to be careful that it's not just about what we give, but how we gave it. How did we come to the conclusion that we should give? What was our encounter with Jesus? And did it all start with grace? Verse three, he goes on and he continues to, to just brag about this church. And he goes, for they gave according to their means, not percentages. Tithing is great, but they gave according to their means. 
as I can testify and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor, which means privilege of taking part in the relief of the saints. They were broke, broker than a joke, as my father used to say. My grandfather used to say, I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. Anything with the word pay in it, I can't do. They were broke and they begged for the opportunity. Think about me saying to you, and I know many of us are in different fi financial situations, and maybe think about this. This is what I'm saying. You, Somebody out there, they lost their job or they're on unemployment. And I said, hey, don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to give. It's okay. And you went, no, 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 no. Don't leave me out. You know how many times in my life I didn't give $5? Because what is my $5? Some of us, you go $115,000, all I got is 10 bucks. Yes, do you know how many people gave $10 to get to that number? And God multiplies the heart, the, the, the amount of the gift because of the heart of the giver. Every amount counts. You can have $2 and you just need to be saying, don't leave me out. Some of my favorite offerings we get are less than $10 because they put in the comments, this is what I have, but I want to be a part. They begged for the opportunity. When you think begging, don't you think people begging for money? When I think of the word a beggar, I think of someone asking for something. These people didn't beg to get, they begged to give. That is a spirit church. What would it look like, Oasis Church, for us to stop begging God to give us stuff and beg God for the opportunity to give away? That was this church. And Paul said, and this, not as we expected. Paul didn't even expect them to do that. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. Generosity is an act of grace. And then he goes in verse seven, I love this part, but as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all earnestness and our love for you, notice he didn't say as you excel in putting on fantastic church services. He says, as, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with that. If when we come to church, the church service and the worship and everything is so amazing, somebody, you don't actually, you, you're too addicted to all the lights and the cameras and the drums. What about just worshiping God to acoustic over that? Does it have to be all of this for you to engage in God's presence? As believers, we need to be able to go in God's presence, not because someone put on an excellent service, but that our faith is excellent and our knowledge of who Jesus is, is excellent. And he's saying, I want to make sure you excel in all this in your love for people, in your speech, your knowledge, and your faith, and in your earnestness, which means to be genuine, but see that you also excel in this act of grace called giving. And then Paul says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnest of others that your love is also genuine. So now he's calling generosity an evidence of how much you love. Not evidence of how much you got, evidence of how much you love. And we gotta be very careful that we don't make our generosity, that our generosity is not based off how much that we have exclusively, but how much that we love. 
He's saying, let it, it proves your love is genuine. And then he says this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, that is so important. I think as a church, I've miscommunicated giving a lot because I'm talking to people that don't know the grace of God. He is talking about their generosity and he's saying, but just let me back up a second, y'all. When I'm talking about generosity, I'm assuming I'm talking to people who know the grace of the, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you cannot say confidently that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, then, then the message of generosity might make you feel condemned, might make you feel pressured. No, this isn't a message about generosity. This is a message about grace because everybody who encounters grace is generous. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Do you understand that every single ounce of blessing we get from heaven is because Jesus was okay with being poor? What we get is because of what he gave up. This is the formula of generosity that I believe I'm praying it seeks into your heart. And he goes, and in this, is, in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, not just the people that we give to, this benefits you. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. And who a year ago, and I love this about our church, because a year ago we were in yet again a move of, of generosity, and we still are right now in the middle of a pandemic. It's so encouraging. It says who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. This is so important. He's saying, I'm not asking you to just give. I'm asking your desire to give to match your action in doing it. Let me let somebody off the hook. If you don't want to give to the church, please don't. Please don't. If you feel like the church is about money, keep your money in your pocket. We don't, God doesn't want that money and neither do we. I only am talking to people who have a deep desire to give, but don't feel like they can or don't feel like what they have matters. That is who I'm talking to. He's saying match your desire with your action. If you want to give and you feel like you can't, everybody has a quarter. I want someone to be bold and put a quarter. If that's all you got, Venmo a quarter to somebody. I don't know. Like, put a quarter in the push pay. Give something. Ask God to multiply. Because guess what? Any amount of seed that you have can at least produce one ounce of fruit. It can produce one apple. You might not. And I think so many times we don't give unless what we got will produce an orchard. But maybe what we have will produce one apple or one tree. And, and he's saying... I'm not telling you that you need to give. I'm saying, do you want to? Then do it. If you don't, don't. And he says this in verse 12. For if the readiness is there, which means posture, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he doesn't have. I'm going to say that again because that is going to set some people free. The Bible says, 
For if the readiness, the posture of the giver is there, the attitude, it is acceptable according to what a person has. I want you to write this down. When it comes to giving, the attitude of the giver is more important than the gift. When it comes to giving, the attitude of the giver is more important than the amount of the gift. I, I needed to add that, the amount of the gift. When you're giving, he says, when the readiness is there, when the posture's there, when the attitude is there, the gift becomes acceptable. So what do I mean? If you give a thousand dollars because you're afraid to give five, even though you know you could, you probably should pray about that. But because you it let your desire match your act. But what in the same way, if you can give two dollars and you're afraid it's not enough, give it. Your desire needs to match your action. And then if you don't want to give anything, don't, because it's not acceptable, not because of the amount but because of the attitude for God loves a cheerful giver. And so when we're giving and we're being generous, we should make sure that we cultivate an excitement and a joy and a cheerfulness because God accepts the gift based off the attitude of the giver, not the amount of the gift. The very first offering in the Bible was with Cain and Abel. And, and Abel's offering was accepted by God because of the attitude that Abel gave it with. And Cain's offering was rejected because of his attitude. God didn't want anything to do with someone who was giving with a bad attitude. under So what I'm saying is, Man, just ask your heart, am I in the posture where I'm excited to partake in giving and I'm giving what I want to give, not what I don't want to give, and am I giving because I've encountered the grace of God? This is huge. And I know our church is doing this well. Um, one of the things that I challenge myself to do whenever I do giving messages and generosity messages and this is a commitment that I'm the, this is the first time I'm saying this publicly. You will never hear me do a sermon on generosity or giving at a season when our giving is not great. I commit that to you as our pastor, as, as your pastor, because I don't want my flesh and my fear about finances to get involved in the content I preach. I am preaching this message on generosity and giving because Oasis Church might be in the greatest season of abundance we've ever been in. We are giving away six figures all in five weeks. This is not a message because I looked at a report and it was low. And that's just my conviction. Um, I'm not putting any pressure on the other pastors to do it that way. But my conviction is I will never talk about giving and generosity during a time where I'm sensing or fearful of lack. That's not the time to launch the generosity series. The time to launch the generosity series is when I'm worried that, that you're missing out. I want you to have some FOMO. You're missing out. God is moving y'all six figures in five weeks. I want you to have a generosity FOMO. We don't need it. You, I want you to have a FOMO because God is moving right now. And I want every single person that calls Oasis Church home to participate in this grace of giving. What is this message tonight? This message is not that we need it. Do people need resources? Yes, but I'm not preaching this because we need it. I'm preaching this because you're missing out. If you don't understand the grace of God and you're not giving, you're
you're missing out on what God could do in your life and you're missing out on when you see those posts, you can say, I was a part of it, maybe a small part, but I was a part. And so I wanna pray for you uh, tonight and I wanna encourage you to see God always about this area. And I really believe that you won't miss out on one of the greatest moves of God we're gonna see at Oasis and that is the generosity of our church. So Father in heaven, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that you love us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that, that Lord, I've, I've checked my heart about this message. This literally has zero to do with where we're at as a church. Matter of fact, you could call our, our church, you know, in a season of abundance, if you will, just simply meaning that we're in one of the strongest positions we've ever been in to be able to be a blessing to people. So, Lord, I know my heart is that people wouldn't miss out on what God is doing, not, not any other reason. So, Father, would you touch every single person as a fear of finances? Lord, and I preach messages like this before, and maybe it's only a handful of people that get it. I understand that, Lord, but would you continue to work on even other people and continue to speak to them, Lord, and so they can be freed up in their spirit, not to give what they don't want to, but to give what they've always wanted to, fear-free and faith-filled. So, Father, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.